Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Believers, and what is up, Beardown Nation? I'm a very full Cameron Lee. And I'm an even fuller Joey Christopoulos. And today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. The NFL season, it's in full swing. And you might not be at the game this year, but you could still be in on all the action at BetOnline. Like, for example, the Bears are nine and a half underdogs right now against Green Bay. What are you going to do about that, Bears fans? And from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.eg today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, betonline.ag today and sign up. Oh, what did I say? Today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, it's week 12. We are rested. We took some time off. We gained a couple of pounds. We sat on the couch. We watched some movies, and now we're back in it. We're back in the fray. Bears, Packers, week 12, and I think it's a must-win situation. How are you, my friend? The bye week is not just for the players. The bye week, especially for Chicago Bears fans, is for is for the fans, man. Well, I think we all needed to uh, to take some time to regroup, to relax, you know, to not think about our team for a week. And, you know, I'm feeling like I'm feeling refreshed. I feel like I got a fresh set of legs underneath me. And, you know, I just have this whole um, new focused mindset coming into this back half of the season. I feel good. I feel like I could go out there and uh, help get this team uh, into the playoffs. I'm ready for this stretch. The Bears are five and five. It doesn't feel great, but we're at the point now where I'm with you. There's a bit of rebirth and it's either going to go one way or it's going to go another way. You got six games to go. So let's put it all out there. Let's see what happens. And Cameron, I'm right there with you analysts podcasters we needed the break too because i believe at the very end by our last game our third keys of the game were just score we were just like we were simplifying it almost to a second grade level of trying to just get this anemic bears offense going but let's talk about it came down about six hours ago when we just started taping this pod mitch trubisky officially is going to be the starter against the green bay packers on sunday night nick Foles is doubtful as of right now not sure whether he's going to dress for this game mitch told reporters that his shoulder feels 100 percent, no pain no soreness ready to roll felt like he had a good week of practice just cam your initial thoughts of just that vibe of mitchell trubisky back in the starting lineup He's back, baby. I'm excited. I'm, I am, I'm very excited. I, you know, I've been a Trubisky truther from the jump this season. I, you know, reading some of the articles and some of the quotes uh, from Nagy and, you know, just guys on the team and what everyone is having to say about uh, the way Mitch has handled the situation. I think it, it sounds like it's been uh, a maturity uh, process, a maturing process, a growth process. Um, and I think that we'll see that Mitch uh, hopefully has come a long way. Uh, but I'm just excited just from a just from a fun standpoint, I just think that the Bears are more fun riding the Trubisky train and not knowing what we're going to get from week to week. Because uh, what we've been going through for the last two months now has just uh, kind of been a slow uh, um, merry-go-round. Yeah, yeah. Just round just and of, round, third and eight, yeah. <laughs> sack, uh, incompletion. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and you know, now I'm not making any bold predictions. I'm not saying that Mitch Trubisky is going to come out and play fantastic. I'm not saying he's going to win, uh, lead this team to a victory, but I think it's going to be more fun, more exciting. And Bears fans can at least, at least, um, you know, not, 
be miserable, I guess, for the entirety of this game. We got Sunday night football, Bears, Packers, the oldest rivalry in the game. We got the return of uh, of the savior, Mitch Trubisky. This is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm excited that uh, that we get to get to see it back in action. I'm really loving this analogy right now, and. If Nick Foles is the slow merry-go-round that eventually just lulls you to sleep and really, why did I stand in line for this thing in the first place or give up a fourth-round pick even? Mitch Trubisky, the Trubisky roller coaster. Yes, is it going to make you scream at the top of your lungs and perhaps embarrass yourself? Yes, it will. It will perhaps make you vomit. But you know what, Cameron? There's going to be a story. And at this point, at 5-5, five and five, you got nothing else left to lose. You know, if they don't make the playoffs, if they finish under 500, I think we're looking at some changes, not just at the quarterback, but maybe at the head coach, maybe at the general manager, maybe even at the team president. If they can rally and rebound, what a great story it is about how Mitch bounces back. And I'm with you. So I wanted to ask you this question before we get to the keys of the game, because I feel like we're going to talk a lot about what Trubisky needs to do in game just this week. But let's talk about it on more of a broad level, even like a Bears fan level realistically not Madden video game style what is your dream scenario for Mitch Trubisky in week 12 you know I don't think we can ask too much of Mitch Uh, we weren't asking too much of Mitch before um and obviously coming back in and having his first start in quite a while coming off of a bye week um I'm not expecting a ton I think it's going to be great to see him I would like to see him come out and and maybe reach the 200 yard passing mark I don't think it's a it's a huge benchmark but I'd like to see him him, uh, you know, come out and get that. I'd like to see him come out and run the ball a little bit. I would like to see this uh, run game invigorated and, you know, some of that creativity, some of the juices flowing. Go and just put together that complete offense. Is it perfect? Not by any means. Are they great at either thing, offensively, passing, running? No. But just being competent in both is really the ideal situation. So I would like to see, you know, him come out maybe 30, 40 rushing yards, even if that's um, – when the pocket breaks down and collapses, him just escaping and, and creating something with his feet or maybe some design runs, although the last time we saw that, it didn't necessarily work out so great. But you know what? That's part of it. That's part of the process. That's why you have him back there, and that's why you play a guy like that in the modern NFL. So, you know, an ideal game is we see, you know, him come out and get to complete some easy passes early on, uh, move the pocket, let him use his legs, run the ball a little bit. He's not a – you know, he's not a Josh Allen type or a Cam Newton type, but he's a, he's a guy that can use his legs a little bit, make some things happen, and, uh, and you know, just have this offense rolling. We're not saying putting up 40 points. We're not saying it's an error raid. It's anything crazy. Just let's see him move the ball. I just want to see them move the ball and be competent offensively and just get the ball in the end zone a couple of times. That's all we're asking. Yeah, dream scenario for me is not five touchdowns and 400 yards. It's not even close to that. It is – First and foremost, win the game. And then after that, commit. You can commit one turnover, but not more than one turnover. So keep that in the single, not in the plural. Run for two first downs and maybe make one to three throws outside of the pocket, like you mentioned, perhaps on a third down to help us kind of, you know, we're averaging, we're 31% on third down this season. It's brutal. Last year, 2019, you thought our offense was bad. We converted 35% on third down. We're at 31% right now. We're 20% over the last two weeks. So give me one to three of those moments where you move the chains, either with your legs or your athleticism out of the pocket and win the game. I mean, that is honestly my dream scenario at this point. It sounds modest, but it's something that I think that at least we can build on and maybe invigorate 10% of the running game invigorate 10% of our tight end group that 
really looks like Jimmy Graham or bust right now. Maybe bring that back a little bit. Let me ask you about this, though, because there is a nightmare scenario. This is the Chicago Bears season. We do have to look at the other side of the coin. And you're also looking at these numbers where Mitch Trubisky at night playing in a night game, 5-5 five and five lifetime, quarterback rating of 73.7, 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, career against Green Bay, 1-4. and four. In five games, he's only thrown four touchdowns and three incompletions. And here's a stat that I didn't know about, and we have this offensive line that I think we know pretty well at this point. No team in Mitchell Trubisky's career has sacked him more than the Green Bay Packers, and it's not even close. In five games, he's been sacked 18 times by Green Bay Packers players. So what do you say to those stats? I mean, there is a world where this does not go very well. And it does seem to have some of the recipes for success. And are you a believer that Trubisky in the past has said, the more reps I get, the better I am. Do you see rust? Or do you perhaps maybe see something a little bit more of, maybe more loose, not efficient, but, you know, more of like a loose wild king. Hey, wow, pop, you know, run out of the pocket, hair on fire kind of action. I think that what we're going to see, and at least maybe I'm hoping what we're going to see, is a little bit of that kind of, college style just kind of loose cannon you know got nothing to lose hey new guy in town (laughs) sort of you know what I mean like I just I kind of feel like what we've seen has been so stiff and boring that as long as you just kind of come out there play with some confidence play with some swagger some bravado maybe throw a pick or two but just like move the chains and run around and have a little fun like it's just so stale that I feel like it's almost hard it would be hard to like make it less fun, you know, than what we've seen so far. It really would. It truly would be hard to to match the level of boredom that I feel watching this offense. So if, if I want to see him just come out, and I really don't care if it's not if it's not perfect because I don't expect it to be. It wasn't perfect when he was a when he was a Pro Bowl quarterback, and now we're talking about this guy coming off the bench and coming off of an injury. We're playing a, a big game in a big situation, and it's not exactly like he's played fantastic in these situations before. So, you know, the I, I'm, not, I'm not expecting this to be flawless. I just want you to, to make this fun for me and, and give them a chance. If there's a chance that they have – if they have a chance to win at the end of the game, at the end of the day, like, that's no different than where they were before. You know, the, Nick Foles had them in similar situations. And the reason why I'm asking you this is because I'm asking you about dream scenarios because anything that's attached to Mitch Trubisky comes with some sort of narrative. You're either, as you say, a Trubisky truther or you're a Trubisky hater. And no matter what happens in this game, I just want to get it on the record between me and you and Bears fans that are listening that, you know, if he, if he goes out there and wins the game, maybe make some mistakes, a couple bad throws here and there, but honestly, make some plays gives that look of athleticism that we know that he can provide in games, you know, score, dare I say, 20 to 23 points. We win the game. I think Bears fans should be applauding that. I do not want to hear on Monday morning that, you know, same old Mitch can't throw this or he can't do that or look at wide open guy here and there. It's about winning games right now. And I think that we're saying we're going to stand up and applaud him if he can come out and win win the game and just play, you know, B-minus football. We're not expecting A-plus I don't think Mitch is ever going to be an A-plus quarterback. So let's just get it on the record right now that I think that what we're expecting and we think that he's going to be successful doesn't mean that he's going to go out there and light the world on fire. 
And I think Bears fans should have that tempered expectation. If we win the game, we should pat Mitch Trubisky on the back if he is able to lead us there. Anyone that thinks that anyone on the Chicago Bears roster is capable of playing A-plus quarterback football is just has their head in the sand. That's not what we're expecting. Like, that's not realistic. It hasn't been realistic from either of our options or throw Tyler Bray in there. It hasn't been great for, for anyone thus far. So let's just see it be competent. Let's see it. You know, let's see a quarterback give us a chance to win. Let's see a quarterback that makes this offense go and have some fun and have some juice, you know, have that Matt Nagy energy. We haven't seen that in weeks, man, like months even. Yeah, Cameron, where so, did the fun go? It's gone. Where did the fun go? I mean, this is a team with, when we've talked a lot about guys that are off the field that are cool personalities, we like our head coach as a person. He builds a cool culture for the most part, his decisions on the field, you know, notwithstanding, but there's some guys on this team that we've seen, you know, make us smile and cheer at the same time. And we are just so far removed from that. Can we get back to that? I mean, there have been times where we've celebrated the season, but it's been with the defense it's been with the Cordero and in the final Patterson. seconds, <laughs> yeah, or the Cordero Patterson return uh, kick return for a touchdown. But those have been those have not been on the offense. We've not seen that offensive spark, that juice. You know, these guys that were are fun and we want to see cut loose and get out in space and make big plays. Like, I mean, we haven't seen a fun David Montgomery situation in a, in a long time. You know, um, we have a, a few big catches here and there, but it's, it feels like almost out of desperation. It's not you know, putting our foot on the opponent's throat. And, you know, like when you see an, um, an opponent go out there and throw the ball down the field with the lead and really, you know, press the issue and make the, make the other team feel um, just, the, just the, what you can do, we don't do that. The Bears have not done that a single time this season, and that's just part of kind of establishing that identity and having fun with it and having that culture and having that success, and that's what we want so badly. As a Bears fan, there might not be anything more fun than taking a step towards getting your season on track than with a win against the Green Bay Packers. Cameron, a team that I hate with every fiber of my body, if you could help us out here for Bears fans that, you know, aren't watching Packers games this season, staying away from that, clicking off the TV, you know, what have you seen from this team so far? They're averaging 30.9 points a game this season. Their schedule, they've played, some, they've played some lightweights recently. They lost in overtime last week to the Colts. We know that they're a tough defensive team. What have you seen from this Green Bay team that's leading 7-3 and three right now in the NFC North? You know, the Packers are kind of what we thought they would be. They have, um, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers. And that's, we start with Aaron Rodgers. We start with Devontae Adams. You know, they've got some decent running backs. They do a really good job of, uh, of making, you know, some of these guys that aren't necessarily – household names um, make big plays and step up in big ways offensively. And Aaron Rodgers, that's kind of one of the things that he can do. You know, he can take a Robert Tanyan or a Marca, Marquez Valdez Scantling and sort of turn them into household names and make them have these big performances. Um, this is not an offense that is without flaw. Uh, it's, it's not the best offensive line in the league. Uh, they're not a flawless group by any means. Um, the, last week they caught the turnover bug. And so that's one of the things that obviously uh, – you know, you can see, um, get to this team, but an Aaron Rodgers led team is always going to have a shot to win and he's going to keep them in games where they shouldn't be in them. And he's going to take games away where, you know, and, and take them to the next level when the game should have been close and it seems like a blowout. Um, so, I mean, that's just the, that's just the perk of having an elite tier quarterback that Chicago Bears fans will just never know. We will never know that feeling.
defensively. So it's a it's a pretty good defense. There are some names. Uh, you know, obviously, Jair Alexander is a, a phenomenal cornerback and someone that obviously everyone should know at this point. Zadarius Smith has been has been a game wrecker. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a good defense. I don't. You know, they're sitting right around the ten. Uh, you know, the top ten. So they're kind of like a top. You know, top third of the league. Um, but you know, you can run on them. You can uh, you can pass on them. They'll give up. 230 yards through the air a game, around 200 yards rushing. So they're they're not someone that you you can't you can't attack. Um, so I mean, they're a team to me that you're gonna get beat by Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day. Aaron Rodgers is is what you know is, is what's gonna keep them um, in the win column. Uh, if you can uh, put pressure on him, if you can limit their ability to score, I think you can score on them, and that's how you can beat them. It is possible. They're not a uh, they're not a perfect team by any means. You literally took the words right out of my mouth. I said, this game, when you look at the, this Packers team, it's a classic Packers team. It's a team that's totally beatable. And then there's Aaron Rodgers. But. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So you just have to account for that. Bears versus Packers. Cameron, it's time to dive in. It's our three keys. We've been on the schneid. Our keys have been ignored. We've been in a losing place for the last five weeks. But let's come up with three keys, each of us, that hopefully turns this into a Bears victory week in week 12 to get back above 500 Cameron what's your first key to victory in week 12 first key to victory in week 12 it Joey is easing Mitchell Trubisky back into the offense getting him going early getting him throwing the ball uh, getting him running the ball I want to see some of those short passes I want to see rhythm throws I want to see rolling out moving the pocket I want to see him running the ball I just want to see him have an impact I want to see our quarterback have an impact on this game. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not asking him to, to drop, to do seven step drops and throw the ball 40 yards downfield. That's not his game. You know, that's what the guy, the quarterback on the other side of the field is going to do. But I want to see him escape the pocket. I want to see him roll out. I want to see them hit those four and five yard passes early on early downs. And I want to see them uh, get him going with his legs a little bit because that's the whole point. That is the whole point of having him back there because it's just one more person to account for uh, defensively. So that, that's what I want to do. I would just want to see him get in a rhythm. It doesn't have to be red hot. It doesn't have to be Nick Foles in the second half against the Falcons. I just want to see him get started and, you know, complete some third downs and, you know, just, just give them a shot. So I say ease him back in there, make some throws that are comfortable and get this offense started on the right track. I want to push you just a little bit on this. We want to dive in because you mentioned some of them briefly, but let's talk about it. You know, what does this first 15 look like to you in this scenario where, you know, there's some plays that they run that I know that you're thinking of that I, that I like and I don't like. Let's talk about the one that I don't like. I don't like they hike the ball and Trubisky immediately throws it to a wide receiver behind the line of scrimmage and banking on two different blockers to open up space. Not a big fan of that one. They will occasionally run that. I do like, though, the quick slant. I do like the RPO, you know, the fake handoff, get it out to somebody. You know, what are some other plays that you're kind of looking at? And my question for you, let's start with this, is first three offensive play calls, is the first call a run call? Or are you rolling him out trying to get a completion right off the bat? I think the very first thing that I would do is run an RPO or a play-action pass. I want to see him move. I want to see him escape the pocket and throw the ball in the run. Worst-case scenario, if he has nowhere to throw it, he can always run the ball and get two yards. You know, I want to see him get out. I want to see those legs work. That's what we have just been missing for so long. 
I think that the Bears should make a concerted effort to get the running game going. And I would start by doing a little play action. I know it seems a little um, counterintuitive, but I want to see them get this defense trying to move laterally uh, to, to keep up with the legs of, of Mitchell Trubisky. And so that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to put a little bit of pressure, stretch the defense, um, see that short throw. So that's what I would do first. Hopefully we are able to gain four or five yards on just a short throw. It doesn't matter if it's to, to a tight end or if it's to Allen Robinson. He always seems to be catching those six or seven yard passes. I would love to see that, but whoever it is, I just want to see him get out of the pocket, make a quick throw. Then, then I want to come back with a run. That's when I, I want to come back, hammer him on with the inside. Um, hopefully you're sitting, you know, maybe you've got that first down at that point, or maybe you're sitting again, it's close third down. And then I'm going to make another just nice and easy third down out route sort of play and just get that first down. I just want to get that first down and get the monkey off your back. And am I wrong on that play call? Because what you're saying is we've got a bad Green Bay run defense. Let's make them track the football. And let's really make them stay disciplined in what their gaps are going to be like. I love the RPO when Mitch would run a counter, like where he would keep it and run a counter the weak side. And all of a sudden he's wide open. I love that stuff. Personally, I don't like the play where he just hikes it and just chucks it to a wide receiver because you can track the football at that point. It's almost like anyone can now just rally around it and you're relying on people getting those blocks together. So it sounds like the, you know, the balls in Mitch's hands a little bit more like a point guard style. Exactly. I, I mean, I, that's the point of, of having someone like someone like Mr. Trubisky back there. Okay, so Nick Foles, we supposed to believe that he's this great decision maker and he's going to read the defense and deliver the ball to the right person and let them make the plays. Mitch is not like that. Mitch is more, you know, and it's not Russell Wilson-esque, but they always say let Russ cook. I'm not saying that, but it's kind of more in that vein where let him move around, let him get some wiggle, let him create something if it's there. They don't make those big plays. They don't, you know, they don't have wide receivers break off these 30 or 40 yard plays. It just doesn't happen. But that stuff is more likely to happen when the defense is out of position and they're out of position because they have one more player to account for. And that's the legs of Mitchell Trubisky. Let's take it a step further because I think this leads into my first key of the game. And I'm just calling this one pocket presence. It's a cliched phrase, but I think it's going to be critical on both sides of the football. Let's start first with just the Aaron Rodgers side of it and this will be pretty brief where the whole idea is to move Aaron Rodgers off of his spot he can settle in he can diagnose he can surgically just tear you up but you got to be able to get a little bit more pressure I'd like to see a little bit more pressure from our defensive front to be able to kind of move that pocket a little bit another great stat is that obviously we've been talking about for weeks the Bears on third downs as a defense lead the league in oh, I think it's 31 percent of the time the Packers are fourth in the NFL at 47.9 percent but if you also look it up, Green Bay attempts the fewest third downs in the NFL. They're like the third fewest at 11.9. So basically, they're getting it done on second down. So you got to be able to move Aaron Rodgers' spot and make him just a little uncomfortable back there. Not necessarily pressure, but just to make him use those extra 0.4, 0.5 seconds to find his man. Trubisky side. We've talked about the designed rollouts. I think where Mitch Trubisky really struggles and what probably drives Matt Nagy crazy is that he bails too early or he stays in too late. He knows he can stay in at times because he thinks he's athletic enough to get out of there, and it causes trouble and it causes fumbles and sacks. And then there's other moments where if he sees his first read and it's not there, he bails all, automatically and tries to get it done. I think he, if Mitch Trubisky can feel the pocket and get in a rhythm there, and like you said, I've also noticed if Mitch Trubisky picks up one first down with his legs, 
it feels like it changes the whole game sometimes for Trubisky's confidence and for the Bears too as well. Hop in. I want to hear. Well, this just takes so much pressure off of you. Like I, this is coming from an offensive lineman. You know, like there is a lot of pressure when you're protecting a statue, when you are protecting someone who literally cannot move. And when the offense is just struggling, it's almost suffocating. When you get to third down and you know that you're completing at a 30% clip and it's third and eight and they're springing, they're bringing the house and they're just saying, hey, we're going to get home. And all of a sudden you have a quarterback that can step up, evade pressure, get uh, to, you know, to the second level and break off a first down without getting hurt. I mean, it is, it's not just like literally like series changing. It is game changing. It takes so much pressure. It frees you up and it changes the way defenses plays. That's part of this that we don't really account for as Bears fans. It's not just that the offense is bad. It's that defenses are able to hone in more because the offense is bad. You know, it's just like it compounds and just having legs, having options, having the ability to create and just scramble for a first down makes everything so exponentially easier for the entire offense. So yes, if Mitchell Trubisky can step up in the pocket one time, see that it's collapsing, get out the front of it and gain six or seven yards and get a first down, that is absolutely, and I don't mean to hyperbolize, that is game changing. It makes everything so much easier. It galvanizes your side, and now the defense has to account for it with their linebackers on the other side. And then guess what? Now you got mismatches at your tight ends, which, oh, by the way, the Colts had Trey Burton and Jack Doyle last week catch a touchdown. So now all of a sudden I'm thinking Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham. And that's when I think Mitch Trubisky is at his best, when he does step up in the pocket and either deliver a throw or run the football. It's not always him rolling outside, even though the numbers dictate that he does have efficiency out there. This whole thing can really change if he has that pocket presence, that clock in his head of knowing when stick in there, trust his receivers, or whether to either step up or whether to move it outside and try and make something happen. Because, again, Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, these are guys that once the, the route breaks off, I think these are guys that can also get open and get free. And my last point on this is the Packers, if you look at all the quarterbacks they've faced this year, not a lot of athletic quarterbacks. They faced one, and this is an awful comparison, so forgive me, but Deshaun Watson threw for 309 yards with two touchdowns and 38 rushing yards against the Green Bay Packers. That is the only athletic quarterback they have faced all season, and he did something that I'm not saying Trubisky's going to put that stat line, but the 38 rushing yards that you talked about, that is right there, and that could be up for the taking in Week 12. I think it's going to be a big part of it. If the Bears are able to have any success, it has to be predicated on Mitchell Trubisky's ability to just get involved. And I think his way, the best way to get him more involved in the offense and involved in the success of the offense largely starts with his ability to, to use his legs, even if it's using his legs to open up passing lanes. I know that sounds like I'm galaxy branding this whole thing. Like I'm trying to make it more complicated than it is. His legs will open up everything. His ability to pass, his ability to, to put pressure on defense. It will change everything if he can move. It's the secret sauce, right? I mean, the, all the accuracy and everything that you want to have a quarterback aside, the fact that he can use his legs like that. And we've seen it in games that when he does that, you know, in the Dallas Cowboys game, I think on the first drive, he ripped off like a little 12-yard run for a first down, and it changed the whole game. It just it completely swung in the Bears' direction. They never looked back. Cameron, what's your second key to a Bears win against the Packers in Week 12? You hit on it, and uh, it's all about – making Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable. And you literally said that word for word. And I wrote that down uh, verbatim in my notes. It says, make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable if possible. Uh, you know, he, 
he's not he's prone to turnovers he'll he'll throw the ball he'll turn the ball over he he's one of these gunslingers he's one of these guys that you know he will make some unbelievable plays but he'll take chances to do it and that's one of the things that you have to do um the Packers have that luxury they have one of those gunslingers that can force the ball into some crazy tight windows and take chances but they also have an offense that they know can afford to turn the ball over because they can go out and score again and score again and score again Bears have never had said luxury the Bears must come out and make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable. They have to come out and, you know, force turnovers or force him to step up or force him to be um, just under any amount of pressure at all. It makes such a huge difference uh, just in, in um, you know, just the timing on the throws, the timing on the routes, you know, the ability to deliver the ball exactly where you want to throw it. You know, it all starts – we say it every week. I don't, I don't mean to harp on it too much, but it all starts with Cleo Mack. It all starts, uh, you know, that matchup with him uh, versus Billy Turner. Billy Turner's been a fine right tackle, but he's not a superstar in this league by any means, and Cleo Mack should have, um, should have a, a good day, obviously being one of the most effective pass rushers in the league. I would like to see this whole group get after it a little bit. And again, I'm not saying come out and get four or five, six sacks, uh, you know, like some of the, you know, like you see once in a blue moon, I'm saying just come out and put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a wizard in the pocket. He's more athletic than you think he is. He's maybe the, uh, maybe the smartest quarterback that we've seen just, just an all around unbelievable talent. Um, but this entire offense, we've said, revolves around his ability um, to make things work and the way that you uh, you know stop things from working is you gunk you gunk it up a little bit you gunk it up by putting pressure on him and he'll frustrate you early right he's going to get the ball quick so if you think that we're going to get to him and sack him on the first couple of drives you know maybe don't hold your breath on that one but the possibility is there to create those second and longs, third and longs, where he does have to take that extra second. And then, like you're saying, he can get him off your spot. I want to uh, follow up real quick. You're talking about the Green Bay Packers right tackle. You know, is he the weak link on that line? Or are there other areas, too, as well, that you see with that line, you know, matchup-wise for the Bears that we could maybe keep our eye on? I mean, this whole group, I don't I don't think that this is just like some – this isn't a, some standout offensive line. We've talked about some standout offensive lines. Um, you know – I think the guards, I think both guards can be beat. Elgin uh, Jenkins and Lucas Patrick, they're not, you know, superstars by any means. Corey Lindsley's questionable. So he's, you know, he's the, at the center spot. He's not uh, healthy. David Bakhtiari is not the one that if you think that you're going to get home on, I mean, he's a flawless left tackle. So he's not the weak link by any means. But, you know, the other four spots, they're, they're good. They're not great. So I, I don't know that there is a, a weak link per se, but I would like, I think that, if you account for their guy versus our guy, it's obviously Mac versus Turner. That's that's the matchup that you're going to want to watch, and that's where I think that we should be able to get home and create the most havoc. And it also sounds like you could be saying another quiet game for Robert Quinn, which wouldn't be music to Bears fans' ears. They've been kind of criticizing him. He's just not really showing up in the box score in terms of sacks for the amount of money that we're playing him this year. I think he's a good player, but it could be another quiet game from him. I want to throw this lightning uh, question at you real quick. As From a Bears defensive perspective, who scares you the most, or who are you keying on more, Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams, I think, is a better player. One of the best wide receivers in the league. I think that he's better at the position, but I think that we're better equipped to stopping the pass game. Um, so I would say I've seen some running backs run through, uh, run through this defense a little bit. So, I mean, I would say Aaron Jones and stopping the running game is a little bit more concerning for me. You know, Devontae Adams, he's got, I think, eight touchdowns in his last five games. Aaron Jones can get it done in the running game and in the passing game too as well. Both of them very, I mean, 
both of them people you got to keep an eye on for sure. But I'm just curious to see how they go about attacking Devontae Adams, whether they're going to double him strictly or maybe just try and let Kyle Fuller just go out there and work, see if their pass rush gets home. We'll have to see. Cameron, I'm going to get to my second key in the game. I'm going to read this off to you, and I'm dying to hear how you're going to respond to this. So this is going to be like a challenge. But I'm calling my second key second and third quarter. We're talking a lot about the first quarter, getting Mitch Trubisky off to a good start. We've talked a ton about fourth quarters this season. And we've talked about the third quarter because the Bears don't score points. But for me personally, I think this game is going to be won or lost in the second and third quarter, those two middle quarters in this game. And here's my reasoning and thinking about that. The Green Bay Packers coming into this week, they lead the NFL with 12.9 points per scored in the second quarter of games. Bears are 5.4, not so bad, 2.9 first quarter. The Bears actually lead the NFL in least allowed points in the second quarter at 4.9. So, And we've seen games this year where Bears go to the halftime with the lead and lose it. We've gone to halftime down and end up winning the game. So the second quarter right there, I'm already looking at that Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, excuse me, is settled in. They start taking some more chances. You know, can we make plays? Can we stop them? We've had a couple drives now. What's our confidence? Where's our momentum offensively? Are we going in the right direction or are we going backwards? Into that third quarter, you know, we talked about this a lot. The Bears, they're averaging 1.4 points per game in the third quarter this season. The next closest is 2.6. And that's one. That's almost twice as many points scored in the third quarter. You know the Packers—they're allowing six point five points, which is about middle of the pack. They're allowing six, and they're scoring six point two in that third quarter. So, I'm looking at that second and third quarter. We got to finish up the half strong with confidence offensively, with with us feeling that Rodgers, you know, maybe hit us a couple of times, but we're holding our own. And then again, that third quarter. You know, what are the Bears as a coaching staff doing wrong? that isn't the halftime when they make adjustments. Isn't that what bears fans are supposed to be spoon fed that they go in there and they come out and they try and make some moves. You know, is that overhyped? Is that something that the bears are have just failed to do? Why can't we come out and play good third quarters this year? You know, that's a really good question because, you know, every coach in the league, uh, everyone is going to coach you up when, in halftime and say, make all these proper adjustments I don't know that there's a that there's a right answer. Maybe it's something where the where the Bears coaching staff doesn't make the proper adjustments, and other teams come out. And you know, it's really easy to say, "Hey, we had a great first half. Let's run that back." Other teams make solid adjustments, and we don't improve from that standpoint. Um, so, but I, I don't know that there's just like a clear and cut answer as to as to what the Bears don't do. Maybe it's a matter of being a bit more proactive and saying, hey, if we were able to stop this, let's be more prepared for this to come or whatever it may be. But I, I don't know the answer because, I mean, frankly, you know, you're not in the locker room. You don't know what they're saying, but you, you're right. There just does seem to be this pattern of a, a malaise or something when we're starting those third quarters. And are you leaning closer to my side? of saying, I think the second and third quarter are the most important quarters of the game? Or are you like, hey, every quarter needs to be good. We need to be consistent throughout this game because it just feels like when Mitch Trubisky's at quarterback, emotions get involved. It turns into like an emotional game. There's momentums. You know, they go different ways. Can Mitch rebound after a bad pick? Ooh, he did rebound after a bad pick. Oh, wait a second. You know, back and forth. Are you with me on those two quarters being maybe more crucial than the tops and bottoms of the game? Obviously, every quarter is important. You know, we don't need to have that discussion. But I think you're right. There is an emotional roller coaster 
um, that is involved with this game, and especially when Mitch is at the quarterback. You know, you come out the game, you've got nerves, you're hyped. Everyone's up in the first, and everyone's up in the fourth because that's when, obviously, you know, the game's going to be literally won or lost, and that's, you know, the climax, if you will. But those middle two, uh, you know, quarters, that's where you can have that lull and sustaining that period and playing well through those periods where, um, you know, maybe the momentum is gone for whatever reason, or maybe some of the, you know, just the intensity may may slip for whatever reason. Having that those four quarters, you have to assume, I guess not assume, but you wanna you wanna think that you're gonna come out and play well in one and four. Um, but riding the thing out and playing well through two and three will carry you over into that fourth quarter and have you ready to go um, and give you an opportunity to win the game. Cameron, what is your third key, your third and final key to hopefully a Bears win in week 12 against the Packers? You know, I say it a lot. Uh, I put a lot of pressure on our defense. I put a lot of pressure on the special teams. I don't expect it to be too much different. I'm excited that Mitch is going to be back, uh, back in the saddle, but I'm not don't, don't get it twisted. I don't think that means that the Bears are going to come out and, and set the scoreboard on fire offensively. So I'm saying that we still need to have impact plays, big impact plays uh, on the defensive side of the ball, on the special teams. You know, I'm not asking for touchdowns. I'm not asking for pick sixes or return um, punts for, the, for a touchdown or anything like that, although, you know, we'll take it. But just big impact plays. You know, we can't, uh, we can't turn the ball over on special teams. You absolutely cannot – if there's an opportunity to, 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 to come up with an interception or to recover a fumble, like these are the things that the bears absolutely have to do. They have to take advantage of those opportunities because you're playing Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is going to get his, he's going to score points. They average over 30 points per game. So we know that is going to happen. They're going to get their points. Um, so you have to come out and find more opportunities. Basically think about it like this. The bears, have to create their own luck. They have to give themselves more chances. And that falls on the defense and it falls on the special teams. Offense is going to be slow going per huge, but any opportunity that they have to create points and create opportunities for them to score, they have to do it. They have to capitalize. And it's a, it's kind of an odd reference, but in basketball, they use 50, 50 balls, which is what you're talking about. When there's a loose ball or a ball that isn't in possession of a particular team, you got to be the one to win that. So I'm with you. You know, we've seen so many tip passes. We've seen so many touchdowns get called back by penalties. You know, we've seen just the ball, maybe not bounce our way the way that it did in 2018, but those balls are still kind of bouncing. So they are creating those opportunities they need to capitalize them on cash, cash them in. You know, when Khalil Mack just steals the ball from Adam Thielen's hands and sets you up in a field goal position, you got to capitalize on that. And hopefully that Bears defense can do that in this game. Follow-up question to that, if you could pick one player besides Khalil Mack, you know, someone out of the linebackers in secondary, who do you think could possibly come up and have a huge game in Week 12 on the defensive side of the ball? It's Roquan Smith. You know, we talk about Khalil Mack week after week, but I mean – <laughs> Roquan Smith might be the best defensive player on the team. He's a monster. Yeah, he's like I, he's an all pro. I don't know. It's it's getting close, right? What's the what's the stat on on him? He's leading the league in TFLs, and he had seven TFLs through his first two seasons. I mean, it's unbelievable how um how how productive he has been this year. And this is huge, you know, in a year where everyone kind of was saying, "Hey, it's time that." Roquan Smith started acting like a first round draft pick, and my gosh, he has. He's been huge, and so I think. You know, especially when you're playing a team that has Aaron Jones, who can be uh, effective uh, running the ball or catching the ball out of the backfield, there's going to be opportunities for uh, a Roquan Smith who's roaming around, covering running backs, you know, getting out and uh, and covering some 
uh, some guys. I, I just think there's going to be opportunities for him. And, and I think that I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one that steps up and makes that big play because he's been the guy who's made big plays all seasons for this Bears defense. And for whatever reason, I guess it's not whatever reason, it's because they have great um, players up front. But he's the one that I guess kind of flies under the radar if you're not, you know, maybe paying as much attention. But he's someone that is, you know, every single team – uh, every single fan watching the game should know, and I, and I expect uh, – I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw another big game from Roquan Smith. I agree with you. I don't really have the stats to back it up, but it feels like in the past, in Aaron Rodgers' career, it seems like linebackers with speed can give him problems, whether it's a Patrick Willis, a Brian Urlacher, a Shea McClellan, one play Shea. That's a joke. But <laughs> tracked him down and injured him. But I'm with you, Roquan Smith. It doesn't really seem to matter who he's playing right now. The dude is just balling out, whether it's getting sacks or almost coming up with interceptions, making tackles all over the field. I'm right there with you, Cameron. For my third and final key of the game, I need you to pick up that Bears Kool-Aid that I had shipped to your house, and we're all going to sip it at the same time. My third key is called 78.2, Cameron. 78.2. That is the number of rushing yards the Bears offense is averaging this year. And all I'm asking for is more than 78.2. If we get more than 78.2, I think we got a shot at possibly winning this game. They are dead last right now in the NFL. Keep in mind, Bears fans, that hated the offense last year. We averaged 91 rushing yards last year. We're averaging 64.3 rushing yards over our last three games. There are 24 NFL teams that on the regular every week get at least 100 yards rushing. We are at 78.2. The Packers, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. They've allowed three 100-yard rushing games this year. Four different running backs have had 90 or more plus yards. And I'll be honest with you, if you want to know what I'm expecting from David Montgomery this week, look no further than Jonathan Taylor last week. 22 carries, 90 yards, four receptions, 24 yards. I'm not asking for much. 78.2. Drink this Kool-Aid with me and let's go. Let's 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 gas up this offensive line in this running game, man. This is the week. I think so too. I mean, this is a team that is vulnerable to, against the run. You know, we're gonna have fresh legs. We should have a, a fairly healthy for the Bear standards group. You know, Dave Montgomery is back. Mitch Trubisky's in the backfield. Like, Charles Leno's a game time with a toe as of right now, but we'll see what happens there. Oh, he'll be out there. He'll be out there. That toe will be fine. He'll cut it off if he has to. No, this group will be fine. I think that I think they can get above the seventy-eight point two, and I think a lot of that comes from Mitch Trubisky. Well, we know it as a, as a fact. The first two games this season, we averaged what one hundred forty-five rushing yards a game. Now it wasn't necessarily one player. We had this mix going with Tariq Cohen and Mitch Trubisky. Was it, but was it that high? That sounds just. I, I can't even fathom that. I swear, I think it was 150 the first game and something like 139, 140 the game after that. And even in the Falcons, you know, we had, I think, 80 or 90 rushing yards at the half because Mitch Trubisky had 45 of them on that one that one scamper at the end of the half. So 78.2. Cameron, we've been talking about this for weeks. We can do this. We can do this. Let's start a telethon right now. Let's get people behind our cause, and we'll just get one of those big numbers and as the number slowly goes up, we'll be up 35, 36. Yo, we'll be cheering everyone on. Carrot Top will come out. He'll do some tricks. And then, you know, everyone gets a Big Mac if we go over 72, 78.2 yards. I'll eat a Big Mac if they can go over 78.2. <laughs> I'll eat two just because I like Big Macs. Cameron, it's time, time to make some predictions. Uh, we've been doing it all season long. This one might be a little bit tough, a little bit tough to handicap, but Mitch Trubisky's line. And we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to add 
passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions, rushing yards. I was excited. I, I had written in my rushing yards whether you were going to ask oh, or not. I was going <laughs> to tell them to you because they matter. Because darn it, Bears fans, they matter. Run On purpose, baby. <laughs> All right, here's my line on Mitch for the week. The passing numbers, not great. 196 yards passing. Two touchdowns. He's going to find them. He's going to find a way. We're going to make it happen. One interception. And my, my guy, 38 yards rushing. Right on the dot. Right, the Deshaun Watson number. Boom. Take that right there. I love that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going even lower. Going 174 yards. One passing touchdown. One interception. One rushing touchdown. 55 yards rushing. So I don't know if I have more all-purpose than you or not, but we get over that 78.2 rushing yard total. Dare I say maybe we even attempt 100 as a team with those 54 Mitch Trubisky rushing yards. Dare I say. And I think that's hopefully where we can gear the game towards a little bit in the early portion of the game because I don't really see a scenario, and tell me if I'm wrong, where we are running the football on the regular in the third and fourth quarter because with Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be a tight game. You're going to have to make some throws in that second half. We're not just going to be able to run, run, run over and over again. No, I, I absolutely don't see that being the situation. I think that they're just going to have to throw the ball and they'll probably be playing from behind. So I, I don't think they'll have the opportunity to just come out and totally commit to the, just a rushing attack. We call that a teaser in the biz, folks, but let's get right to it. Cameron, what's your final score on the season? You come into this week 7-3. and three. I am 6-4 and four on my picks. Cameron, Bears versus Packers, Week 12. Sunday night football. Who wins? Mitch is going to come out. He's going to have fun. This team's going to be exciting. It's going to be Sunday night football, Bears, Packers. You're going to enjoy it, but ultimately – we didn't win, but yeah, but it was a hell of a lot more fun to watch. I got the I got the Packers 31-23. 31-23, so we scored 23 points. I like that. Yeah, broke 20. I How like exciting. that. <laughs> and, and is it fair to maybe say in this scenario we have the ball in our hands to possibly tie it in the final moments, and it just doesn't seem to work Absolutely, out? Absolutely, we have a chance. We, the Bears always have that opportunity down the stretch, and typically they blow it. That's but true. Whenever you want to play the game, fun. things could be worse. We are, always, we are always in these games, even the John Fox era. We were always in every single game. And honestly, we want to – and if I may, and I'm not, I'm not blowing you up here, uh, we should have won more of those games. I mean, those games – conventionally if you played each of those games a hundred times out of a hundred a lot more of those games probably go the way of the bears than they actually did we were five and eleven we very easily could have been nine nine and uh six was that, was that the marion barber season no it was uh 2017 but i mean it, it's true though it's true every single game it was there it was it was those one or two plays that, you know, sometimes go – it doesn't matter how good you are. Sometimes it goes one way, it goes another way. Cameron, here we go. This is where it's really going to separate us. We're either going to be tied next week or you're going to have a two-game lead. Chicago Bears, 24. Green Bay Packers, 20. And here's what I'm doing because I'm so sick and tired of everyone waiting for Mitch Trubisky to fail, and I'm an eternal optimist, and honestly – when I see people just hate on Mitch for no other reason than just hating on him, it like pisses me off in a Michael Jordan type way. So you know what? 
I'm going NBC Christmas package. You won't believe it. Mitch Trubisky. And then he was benched. And then he came back. And then he played great. I wouldn't mind seeing that narrative for a couple of weeks. There's a lot that tells me that Mitch on the field has tons of deficiencies in terms of actual the mechanics and the nuts and bolts of playing the game. And we've talked about him a ton. But I think for one week, he is the type of dude who doesn't shrink the way that I feel like a certain quarterback named Jay Cutler did in the past when things weren't going his way, things just got worse. Mitch does continue to fight. And I do feel like this is not going to be, I I really don't think this is going to be like week one, 2019 versus the Packers, like that bad. And I do think he goes out there and puts up a fight. I'm not saying he puts the team on his shoulders. I think we find enough of a way to win. I think Rodgers has the ball at about midfield with 25 seconds to go. And we were frantically frantically texting each other and trying to decide what kind of pod we're about to have. But I think the Bears win for one more week, get off the schneid, and then, uh, you know, let the games begin in terms of the Mitch haters and the Mitch truthers. And then we'll move forward to the Lions, who are an absolute train wreck, and the team that Mitch Trubisky owns. So if he can win this game, plays the Lions the week after, we got what we call we call the biz momentum, Cameron. The old no. What's the line in the Cleveland Indians coach in Major League? He's like, if we win a game, that's two in a row. If we win more tomorrow, that's three. That's called a winning streak. It has <laughs> been done before. <laughs> Cameron, it's good to see you, man. It's good to be back in the fold. Bears versus Packers. What a great way to come back from our little bye week and week twelve. Bears are five and five. They got to win this game, or they're probably not looking at the playoffs. We're going to be coming back. We're going to give you a great post-game pod right after it's done, so make sure you guys check that out. Thank you for listening. Cameron, thanks for being with me on a great pod. Take us home. You've been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast and the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you check us out after a uh, Sunday night football special with uh, the Bears and the Packers. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be full of leftovers. I'm sure Joey will be too. I'll be on plate four. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you give us a like, a subscribe, tell your friends, grandma, I'm talking to you specifically. And, uh, you know, remember to always bear down. This is the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. (laughs) My wife gets so mad every time she hears that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.